you are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined, as always, by Adam Mattis. Adam, I got knocked down a peg today. I'm, you know. Anthony, I wear the crown now. <laughs> I wear the crown now. <laughs> you really enjoyed that moment, huh? Oh, my God. Best, second best moment of the year. Probably the objectively speaking, maybe the best moment of the year. You know, and here's what it is, Anthony. We're going to talk about this obviously in a bit. Yeah, I like when players are not afraid to put a target on their back. Like yeah. that was an ultimate. You know, nobody calls out the king. You know, like that was an ultimate. Like tempt fate. I'm not afraid. I'm standing here throwing down the gauntlet. I just I loved it. Loved it. Given the way Giannis performed, he should throw it down the gauntlet. When you hit that shot in that moment and have that game to back it up, you get to say whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, today's show, we are going to start with the Lakers losing to Milwaukee, 111 to 104. In the second segment, we're going to talk about it was the rare, like, combo of two really good, entertaining games on a TNT night. It was great. Great night in the NBA. Great night. Maybe the best night of the year. Yeah. So we're going to. Uh, do we're gonna we we haven't done this yet this year where we split up the first segment to one game and then the second segment to the second game here on the TNT slate. Uh, Houston beats the Clippers in Staples Center in front of all twelve of the Clippers fans. Um, and then as we have done for the last couple weeks, we have power rankings and can't wait for that. Today's topic. I'm not going to go into detail about what specifically it is because I want you guys to really be blown away. Clint, by no, go in and you got to tease. It's well, no, I'm game just, just going to say down it, one. It is going to be the most controversial set of power rankings you are going oh, to see this week. Incredibly controversial. Incredibly yes. controversial. <laughs> I don't even agree with my own list. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that. So let's start though with uh, again the Bucks. Coming out on top against the the, the Lakers, uh, one eleven to one hundred four. The the first takeaway I have here is, boy, Giannis is good. Holy crap! I mean, that that's it's storyline number one from this game, and there's a lot of storylines that emerge. But um, up sixty five to forty six at the half, and Giannis goes into the half with sixteen points, eight rebounds, six assists, and just I mean, allowed. A lot. That stat line was loud. You felt every little bit of it. Um, this was a team in Milwaukee that I think a lot of people are going to say, show, prove prove it to me in the playoffs. We're not going to believe you. And, and I think that's largely fair. But as much as you can make a statement in mid-December or late December, this was a statement from Milwaukee that that they want this challenge. They want this uh, – they, they want to be the team's be- – uh, the league's best team that everybody's chasing. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you completely. Yes, the Lakers made a game of it in the second half, but they lost it in the first half, and they yeah. tried. They they had to try to make a game of it. Um, Davis was 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 banged up. You know, he came into this thing with a, a bum ankle. I think that showed up in his zero for six effort from three point range. The thing that's that the only I, bad thing about his game. The the thing that I really took away from this after Giannis being just incredible, five of eight from three point range. Like, look. There isn't going to be a team that beats Milwaukee on a night where Giannis goes makes five three pointers. I think well, I'm, he, I, I think that's a fair prediction. I don't have confidence in Giannis's three point shot. No. It, it's almost like it's just good enough to keep te- you know keep people a little bit honest. But teams, you still have to give up something yeah. to great players. You have to force them into the worst option, which sometimes is still a good one. And on tonight, 
tonight, like it was a great option for Giannis. It really was. I don't want to say the difference in this game because, as you mentioned, the, when you open up that 20-point lead, what was the biggest lead of the night? 21. When you open up a 21-point lead, I don't think you can say it's any one thing. But that was as big as anything because a lot of those threes were were timely. Well, yeah. They they were – all of the threes that Giannis made were punches straight to the midsection. Just Either yeah. capping off a big run for the for the Bucks yeah. or stopping or the stopping. big run by the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to I do want to point out though LeBron this is the second game against one of the the elite teams in the NBA opening night against the Clippers he goes eight of nineteen in that game eight of nineteen in this one against Milwaukee uh, I I I thought it was it was it was visible like you could watch it as it was happening happening that he didn't look very comfortable going to the basket in this one. And I think that's kind of started by him not hitting his three, his uh, outside shot. He hasn't been comfortable from the outside for the last two games. He was he couldn't throw a pee in the ocean against Indiana in their game leading up to this one, and then in this one again he wasn't very comfortable there. But he was driving to the basket and passing off the ball, forcing passes, turning the ball over at the rim. You don't really see that very often from LeBron. And you know, you and I were talking before we went live here. And I thought one of the more underrated um, acquisitions this this last summer was Robin Lopez going to Milwaukee. At any given time, you have some of the best rim defenders in the league uh, right there in front of the rim for Milwaukee. And I think they made LeBron uncomfortable for the entirety of the game. And I think that that really set a tone for how the game was going to go for the Lakers. Well, Robin Lopez played seven and a half minutes. I, I, and, and as Brooke good as he is, and, and I'm Giannis. I, well, bro, yeah. I think when you look at the Lopez brothers, the thing that jumps out to me, it's not necessarily just the rim protection. It's that they're incredibly smart and low mistake players. Yeah. And I think there's this idea that you have to be this rim protecting, shot blocking, whatever. But the real story that I think you're alluding to here that makes those guys effective is they're smart and they know where to be uh, and they don't make mistakes. But then this game, to me, was a preview of the future of the NBA. And what I mean by that is – You've got Anthony Davis, Giannis Attentacupo, Chris Middleton, LeBron James. You have these guys that are 6'9 or taller all over the court that can dribble and shoot yeah. and just do all these things. And I thought the court looked incredibly small tonight in, yeah. in a way that I think – I wonder if 10 years from now we're looking at this and Giannis is a freak, the Greek freak. He's We've never seen anything like him. Well, I wonder if in the future we do have – it is a little less rare to have guys 6'8, 6'9, 6'10, 6'11 – that are just this coordinated. Um, it does seem like the league is moving in that direction. And tonight when you watch the game, it just looked like they were playing on a miniature court. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really visible when the Lakers went with any kind of multiple guard lineup where you had Rondo and Bradley out there or you had, you know, anybody who was shorter than 6'5". Can't was, survive. Yeah, you, they, they couldn't they couldn't hang out there. They just flat out couldn't Unless play. you can really shoot the ball. And, and, you know, they went 12 of 35 tonight. I mean, that's not a bad mark, 34%. I mean, it's maybe one less than what you would expect from, well, the, Green from, was from this team. Unconscious. And, and Danny Green was making a ton of them. But um, so if you're little, you're going to have to really, really shoot the ball. And I thought that was part of both with LeBron. Um, you know, LeBron has always been most effective, the most you can stretch the court and open space you can play with Milwaukee shrinks the court and then when you don't have guys knocking down threes you know you don't have that counter punch to counter it so I don't know I do think that that is a weakness in the Lakers it's funny so much of these games like this I mean the Lakers fall to what 
24 and five. It's almost, it's almost funny to call it a fall to that. But a a lot of the losses like this, they're more about, they're less to me about, Oh, Milwaukee's better than the Lakers now or whatever. And more about the Lakers got exposed for a weakness. How do they, can they address it? Like every, the regular season is about exposing your weaknesses and then addressing them. To me, this was one of those things for the Lakers that was a good loss in a way, because now they see where they're a little bit vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, you look at the losses that the Lakers have had, and I'm throwing out the Indiana one because Anthony Davis didn't play in it, right? But if right. you look at the games that the Lakers have had, both LeBron and AD in, all of their losses has, have come to teams with dominant wings. They mm. lost to Kawhi Leonard in the, on, on opening night. They lost to Pascal right. Siakam against uh, Toronto. They lost to Luka Doncic in Dallas, and then again here with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I, I, there's a trend there. And we are now four games into that trend. And what the Lakers are going to have to do, now Kuzma didn't play, but Kuz, like nobody, n- nobody in their right mind is looking at <laughs> Giannis or Siakam or Kawhi or even Paul George whenever he's healthy or Luka and saying that's what the Lakers need is Kyle Kuzma. But they just need more bigger bodies out there. They tried to play Jared Dudley. He got played right off the court. He just he, – he, I think he was three minutes. Out. Yeah, he he was done in yeah three. The, the, he's listed as four on ESPN. Either way, it, it. But the Lakers, they're they're desperate for Iggy to get bought out, for Jay Crowder to get bought out, somebody, some other big wing because they cannot contend as they're currently constituted to to defend any of these teams that have elite wings on them. And that's that's what you're going to see in the playoffs. That's that's we're going to see what, what, when when you get into the conference finals and then eventually hopefully the finals and i think it's not just um on that end of the court but the other end as well you talked about lebron struggling if you think about where lebron has struggled in the recent past we're not going back to 2011 or whatever but in the recent you know finals whatever series you know andre guadalo won a finals mvp for guarding lebron but i always really dislike that finals mvp because Iguodala guarded him very well, but he also had backside help from Draymond. He had they just had so much length, and and they were able to throw so many bodies. And to me, that's what that's part of what Milwaukee does as well. They just yeah. they're so long and so big that you can throw a good defender on LeBron, but then you can also stunt at him from every direction with these seven footers and just cover so much ground. And um, to that that to me is what makes the Lakers a little bit vulnerable because when that happens. To create enough space for LeBron, you have to have a lot of shooters out there. And I just don't know the Lakers necessarily have it right now. You mentioned Kyle Kuzma. But the flip side of that is I don't know if Kuzma is a guy that can play in this series. He might knock down a couple threes. But he's not going to be able to defend at a high enough level against teams like that. No, no. I I think you're right. If you guys want more takes or, or more opinions on the uh, Milwaukee and, L, uh, and, and L.A. game, uh, you guys can check out the podcast I did with Pete for Locked on Lakers. Uh, we went long on on all of the stuff on and and on a lot of the stuff that Adam and I just finished talking about. Let's take a, a quick second here. When we come back, we have to talk about this wild uh, Houston and Clippers game <laughs> that was just haymaker after haymaker. It was incredible. Let's uh, let's take a quick second, catch our breath, and come back to that. So after the Laker game, uh, there's a restaurant down the street from from where I live, and they serve beignets. So my wife was uh, she wanted some beignets. They have a nice bar there, so I went and watched uh, the Clippers playing Houston. And Paul George hits hit a three with like it felt like two minutes and change left to go. I thought it was over. 
I thought this I think it was five minutes because I, I, I felt the exact same way that yeah. it was towards the end. But I, I think it was around the five minute mark. This you're, is, you're right. This, you're right. You're right. This game was just so, there were so many big moments down the stretch that it, it was one of those ones that there's a lot of them. It was wild. So I, 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 I saw him hit that shot. I think Kawhi f- followed that up with like a, a wild one handed finish at the rim. Super, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. I can I can pay my tab here. I'll get home and I'll, I'm, I'm good to. So I get home and there's like a minute or so left of the game, and Houston is up handily, comfortably, mm-hmm. and they're good. they 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 wound up winning fairly comfortably over over the, the the Clippers. And I was thinking about this because just yesterday or two days ago, by the time you guys are listening to this, there was like 76 total points in terms of just straight comebacks that had taken place and i was yeah. i've been i've been trying to figure out like why that is and i really think it what it comes down to is because everybody is kind of employing the same kind of three-point strategy so you have these wild runs where one team goes cold while another team gets hot and they get these wild runs going back and forth and i thought this this houston and clippers game fully epitomized that it is a lot of, about the three-point shot, but I, I'm going to go a step further, Anthony, and I uh-huh. put this out on Twitter tonight. Uh, there is just so much talent in the NBA, mm-hmm. and you know we've always talked about the best defense still can't stop the perfect offense, right? Like if you have perfect offense, you're going to score, and I think we're at a point right now where how do you guard the Westbrooks of the year when they're on when and they're making on. their shots from deep? How do you guard James Harden when he's on? And, and the same goes the other way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think when you look at Paul George and you look at Kawhi Leonard tonight, they were un- in, in the in the moments when they were dominating the game, the first half of this game, they're just they're not guardable. I mean, you I don't know what you do to prevent some of those guys. They're so strong. They're so tall. The outside shot so silky. The mid range for Kawhi. But they went a little bit cold that third quarter, 18 points. It, it was just a cold spell for him. But um, to me, that's really what it comes down to. It's not just the threes. But if James Harden is making his shots, he can't be guarded. Same so, with and, and tonight was Russell, Russell Westbrook. Harden, Harden got points. into some foul trouble there. And I was kind of thinking I, – I was trying to figure out the way to frame this with the relationship between Harden and Westbrook because it is going to be your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. And I thought – because of Harden's foul trouble, they actually had the timing down on this a little bit. That it it mm. allowed Westbrook to kind of go through his the entirety of the usual Westbrook run, and then yeah. right as right as Westbrook started going cold, well, in comes Harden. He closes out the game. Yeah, yeah. No, I I do think you're right about the balance there. And look, I think James Harden is the better player by quite a bit. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. But but I do think that there are more nights than what we have seen. I mean, Harden has been the best player on their team 90% of the time. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know that that's the case. I do think there is something to, you know, some, Harden's a very good spot-up shooter. There is something to allowing Westbrook to sort of be the guy some a, a little bit more than what they do at this moment. Um, it almost seems like Westbrook takes over in the moments Harden is down. You know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. very rare that I feel like Harden's on the court and it's like, okay, clear out for Westbrook. But um, tonight he was brilliant. I mean – Always great at getting to the cup, but he just was, I, I thought, in in the zone tonight, especially down the stretch, and that's what led to the 40 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. He did have the 8 turnovers, but um, he was dominant. The other piece here, though, Anthony, before I let you go, the other yeah. piece here, the big concern about the Clippers is their center position. I mean, I've always been very low on Zubats, and I, it, it's funny that he, he's starting to get this reputation of like, oh well, he can guard tonight. He couldn't guard, and yeah. he, I don't, I, I don't think he can guard spread pick and roll team. This is the problem with non-athletic centers, and he falls in that category. 
you can play positional defense or whatever, but if you're out on an island, you're just not effective unless you can really contend. And Clint Capella tonight, a plus 27. Mm-hmm. If, if it's a Zubats tonight, 15 Game minutes. High. Uh, yeah, and then tonight Zubat's three points, just completely ineffective. Fifteen minutes, he just was ineffective. Yeah, I I I, I agree a lot. My thing with Zubats, and and we have <laughs> plenty of experience with Zubats having him uh, here for a couple years. Even while he was developing, and even in his best moments, he was never able to really move his feet. You know, and you put right. him out on. You put him put him out on an island, and 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 it was it made for some pretty laughable moments, and and I think the the Clippers ran into that. I I kind of one of the things I was really worried about with the Clippers heading into this year was where was the creativity going to come across the roster? It's more of a regular season problem than it is a playoff problem, but this being a regular season game, you and and this has been something that the Clippers have had to deal with all year. Kawhi Leonard, five turnovers. Paul George, three turnovers. Um, Montrose Harrell, he has his five turnovers. Uh, Patrick Beverly, uh, he he has seven assists or whatever, but but I, I don't really know where their creativity is coming. And I, and I feel like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they're both turning the ball over more than they have, I believe, at any point in their careers. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that they are being asked to create in ways that they haven't had to create at any point in their career to this point. And and maybe that's something they can develop over the course of the season. But these wild swings and these high turnover numbers, that's something that has really plagued the Clippers this year. And, and I don't know really where that answer yeah. is going to come from. Well, I think you all of these teams are a little bit flawed, and that's yeah. sort of what's interesting. I mean, Milwaukee right now looks like they maybe have the least flaws, but mm-hmm. the Lakers, as dominant as they are, I do think they're susceptible to just not the right amount of spacing. I do yep. think there's something to be said for they could use another shooter or two. Um, but you look at the Clippers. This is how they're going to win a championship. They're going to win it by playing great defense. They're going to win it by just incredible hustle when you talk about guys like Harrell, even Harkless, Pat Beverly. They're just going to have to win the 50-50 game in dominant fashion. And then they're going to win it not by playmaking. They are not. They don't get easy yeah. buckets the way some teams get easy buckets. But they have three guys that are elite, tough shot makers. Mm-hmm. And tonight I thought really for two quarters they made all the tough shots that they're as good as anyone at making. They had one really cold quarter in that third where they didn't, and they just have to avoid those, which it's hard to do. But they're also, you know, sometimes teams are just good at this was Kobe Bryant. He was good at taking really tough shots and making really tough shots. It worked for him. Yep. Do you think we saw the do you think these are the four best teams that we saw in action tonight? The NBA's no, four best. I'm, I'm not ready to put Houston in that category just yet. And to be honest, I'm not even ready to put the Clippers in there. I think Milwaukee and, and the Lakers are clearly one, two, in, in whatever order you want to say. I don't think it's important in December 18th no. or whatever day we're on. I don't think it's important to rank there. But when I look at the Rockets and I look at the Clippers, they're very good. And they have a lot of upside with the star talent that they have. But to me, they're not that much ahead of the other teams. Toronto just had some terrible injury luck Oof. fall on them over the last day or two. So, you know, they might fall off a little bit. But, you know, Philadelphia is very good. Denver, Utah, you know, some of those teams, I think they're a, a cut below maybe those guys. But they're also, to me, they're closer. The Clippers are closer to those teams and Rockets as well than they are to the Lakers or Milwaukee. It feels like the tiers are a lot <laughs> Those tears keep shifting in ways this season that you don't normally see. It's, it makes for – look, I didn't think the NBA was ready to market this kind of a season. But so far, if you are a hardcore NBA fan, this is the kind of season that we've kind of been waiting for. 
where you have yeah. where you have you know even even you know the Lakers like you said they have a a pretty critical flaw in their spacing. Uh, Milwaukee, we're we're still waiting for that flaw, frankly, and and they might just be the the cream of the crop. They might just be the best team in the NBA that just runs through teams this year. But that they're not. Be- I, they 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 are definitely that. But they are not so. They're not the Warriors, right. and that's the thing is I think we've been in this Warrior zone where it's like, man, you got to get injuries, you got to get lucky, and they got to yeah. be off. Milwaukee's beatable. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be really hard. They're the favorites, but they're beatable. Yeah, and 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 you know, to the point that you just made a second ago, you have the next tier down. Whether that's Houston and, and the Clippers and Denver and maybe Philly, uh, whatever, all of these tiers are very. It, it's very based on the week, which makes our power rankings all the more fun. Which is something we're going to do here in a bit. We are going to power rank most clutch, the clutchest players. So if you if your team is down one point, no overtime, no nothing, you got to get this W. Who do you want to have the ball in your hands? Adam is going to put this list together, and I'm going to react to it and laugh at it, probably. Can't, can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. Uh, so our latest edition of these power rankings is coming up right here in a bit. All right, before I, I let Adam take over and explain what he's looking for in all these shot makers, uh, we are not counting Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, guys who are currently injured right now. Uh, All three of those guys would probably be on my list. They, they probably this is, this would. is how good the league is, man. So it, many, so many really good players right now. It is, it is. But for this season right now, if you had to choose any one player to to get yourself a shot, get yourself a good clean look, and make that shot, Adam is about to power rank those things. So just in general, what are you looking for before we get into the specific names? What are you generally looking for for the kind of player who can create and make the right kind of shot? So you're looking at, first of all, a little bit of skill set, like how easy is it for them to, you know, a type of player that you feel comfortable being able to get that off. But more than anything, Anthony, I'm just mm-hmm. looking at recent history. The last couple of years, you recency know, who bias. are guys that – Well, recency <laughs> bias, I'm talking about the last <laughs> no, like four or five years. Like who, who are the guys that have proven it that they can step yeah. up in, in, in big moments? And um, and that's, that's what I'm going with. So who would I pick to take the shot or who do I feel most confident with? Controversial list. I'm not going to lie. I can't wait. All right. Let's start with number 10. Who's coming in at the top 10? <laughs> I don't feel confident about this one at all. Actually, you know what? You know what I do? I do. He almost did not make the list. Okay. He almost did not make the list. I'm putting Paul George on here. Now, Paul George, as recently as a year ago, did not have a Playoff single game Pete? winner in his career. <laughs> did not have a single uh, game winner in his career. But over the course of the last year and change, he, he first of all, he's got the skill set. He's taller. He's got the three-point shot. He's got the drive. He can get to the line. Um, and, and over the last year, he has started to earn that sort of like clutch. Remember he had the Gatorade commercial called Game, but he never had actually hit one. He's starting He's starting to knock down some, so I put him in there. He's responsible for one of the greatest moments in NBA history in that they played that commercial. He gets that opportunity coming out of that commercial <laughs> and airballs his shot. Playoff you got to grow. Sometimes you got to grow, man. Or but as they know look, him in Utah is push-off P. <laughs> but let's be honest. How do you? Feel? I actually want to know how you feel about that one. He's one of those. It's a great theory, but not necessarily great results kind of players. 
Uh, Recent it, history has been the, very good to him. The, the results lately have gotten better. And, and look, I, I think this is the kind of thing that clutchness comes with repetition, right? Like that's – Sure. You, you need the opportunities and, and you need to get enough of those opportunities to be comfortable taking those shots. So I think this is something that he's going to continue to get better at. Um, but, yeah, he has every tool that you would look for, especially given the way that he's shooting three-pointers nowadays. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's one of the tougher guys to guard in the NBA. Yeah, for sure. He's number 10, actually. Um, so number nine. <laughs> well, you're talking about the 10th best player in the world. I think yeah. he's doing all right. Who's number nine? Uh, uh, it, number nine, Anthony Davis. Uh, he's just such a tough cover from everywhere. I mean, he's a guy that I think has as complete a package as just about anybody. Like His handle improving the way that it has over the last two or three seasons – to me, he's a guy that can get a good shot off. Now, does he have a ton of moments? That's the, it's another thing that kind of keeps yeah. him down here. He has the toolbox, but I don't know. I, I don't know how many like big game winners, go ahead buckets or whatever he has to his name. I think he's starting to accrue those, but um, but the skill set is there. The one thing that I, the reason why I'm okay with him being as low as he is, is that he is very susceptible to taking a bad shot. Oh, no doubt about it. Absolutely. No doubt about and, it. And I, it's maddening. It's, it's been one of the things that's really drove me insane over the course of the season is that, you know, he's this guy who should be able to get a good look off whenever he wants. But because he's so talented and it's so easy for him to get a good look off that he considers less good looks good looks because he's so open on them. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's really kind of hurt him in, in this category. Who's number eight? Number eight is a weird one. Giannis Attentacumpo. Wow. And here's the and here's the thing. Giannis is as dominant as anybody in the NBA right wow, now. Wow, this is crazy. Number eight. But think of it. Does he have a lot? And first of all, they blow a lot of teams out. Like the, for the last two years, Milwaukee's yeah. beating teams by average of twelve points. So like, there's not a lot. They, so some of this is he doesn't have a lot of opportunities. But you know, I don't. Giannis does have a flaw with his three point shot. He was in his bag tonight. But I just are there a lot of big. Giannis down the stretch moment. I mean, there's a, there obviously is a handful of high profile ones, but I don't know that the guys above this list, man, have some very iconic big time moments. Yeah, here's here's my here's why I would agree with it. Even while I acknowledge that it sounds freaking insane, given the game that he just had. Yeah, it is a weird time to have him this low. <laughs> <laughs> um, but while while I acknowledge that, here's why I agree with it. I don't trust him at the free throw line. Yeah, that's a great one. Absolutely. And, and guys who struggle at the free throw line, they're reluctant to get there. And it mm. really sets a ripple effect across their game in these big moments. And and I think that's something that he's going to be dealing with over the course of his career, really. But, but this is a big year for Giannis, I think, because they were really heavy favorites last year. He was still young. They ran into a Fred Van Fleet that was just on fire. I mean, I really don't put that series wholly on him, although it is worth noting his numbers over those last four games where they lost, they did dip. So, um, but I don't, I don't hold it again. I don't, he's not a choker or anything like that. But this year, you know, he does have a chance to steal the crown, as he said tonight, as he was yeah. willing to put himself in the fire for tonight. So, I like it. this is a year that's like a no excuse year for him. Um, next one is the guy who's the best one-on-one -on -one player in the NBA, James Harden. And it wow, is wild that he is, is this far down the list. That's crazy. That he is this far down the list, but I am sorry. I'm not even sorry. a Harden fan. I think this is insane. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anthony, but I have watched the playoffs for the last several That's years. True. And I have seen him in this moment way too many times for him to That's be a – He should be better. His bag is so – he is unguardable. 
He's averaging almost 40 points per game. He's number seven. <laughs> number seven on my list. All Too right. many flameouts. Here's again. Here's where I have to do your job for you and explain why I think it's an okay pick. I don't think he's in good enough shape to succeed in the playoffs. Ooh, that's an interesting take. Like he. he We've seen it too many times now in a row where those moments come and he's coming up short on those jumpers. And that's that's that, you know, if you're coming up consistently short and I'm not saying falling short of expectations, I'm saying physically shooting the ball short and mm. hitting the front of the rim. Like when you're doing that, that means your your legs are kind of lacking there. And given the the, the kind of burden that. Uh, Mike D'Antoni asks him to carry over the course of the season. It's fine in the regular season when when defenses aren't quite where they are come playoff time. But when you're dealing with that playoff defense and you are now shooting the shot consistently short, that that I think that allows for me to to wonder. All right, what kind of shape is that guy in coming the end mm. of the season? I I don't know that it's that. I honestly think that there's something too when you lose and you have some. Your worst games come at the biggest moments. I do think it it compounds. Like it it gets tougher and tougher and tougher. All right, another Harden also a big year for him. So crazy. The 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 league is so insanely stacked that you have somebody averaging damn near forty points. He's not even top five of guys you want to shot. Number six is you're gonna. This one you're gonna be second most pissed about. (laughs) I'm putting Kawhi on here. Kawhi Leonard ahead of James Harden, and again, this is a tough night because Hart, Kawhi was actually pretty bad down the stretch tonight. Yeah. It was he, he was pretty bad, but you know what? He hasn't Kawhi been, so he hasn't been the kind of Kawhi that we would expect this year, right? I, I think he's I think he's injured. I think the injury stuff is yeah. I think I it's, mean, it's, some, it's getting more and more legitimate at, yeah. a, a concern over the course of the season. Sorry, go ahead. But, but Kawhi is a guy that, you know, his career, there's been just so many years where he has missed the playoffs, obviously injured by a really dirty Zaza Pachulia play. Um, mm-hmm. They were, by the way, a game they were dominating against yeah. a very good Warriors team. Yeah. The guy has just, I think he has been an incredibly clutch playoff performer throughout his career when you just go back and look at it. So for me, and, and then he's a great one-on-one player. He really, one of, maybe the, of, of all the players alive right now, the most like Michael just in terms of movements the ability to get to his shot the strength to kind of get into a shooting motion no matter how tightly you're guarding him he's just a guy that i feel like can get an a shot an a minus shot no matter almost no matter what you do defensively kenny smith made an interesting point he kind of relayed an interesting point from sam cassell and uh i guess Kawhi leonard and paul george asked cassell hey why do you want or some or cassell asked like Kawhi, hey why are you so focused on the mid-range why are you working on the mid-range so much right and I think Kawhi basically said something along the lines of like, this is the kind of shot that I'm going to get come playoff time. This is the not kind wrong. of shot that I'm going to be comfortable taking come playoff time. And even though that is not the kind of shot that you want to take come regular season time, those playoff type shots, like that's generally what the defense is going to give you. So the fact that he's elite at those shots and is comfortable taking those shots and they are a market inefficiency given those moments, I think that makes them all the more clutch. The people, when they talk about the three versus two and the analytics that back it up, and they're not wrong, but the later you get into the game, I mean, when there's 30 seconds on the shot clock and tie a game, it doesn't matter if it's a three or a two. I mean, just getting a point yeah. is all Give that matters. Me a solid so, look. 
And, and I think the closer you get, the final minutes of a game, those shots become increasingly important. And Kawhi, really as good as anybody in the NBA right now, maybe outside of Kevin Durant, who's not on this list because he's injured, yeah. as good as anybody at getting into that spot and getting his shot off. Yep. All right. Who's next? Top five. We are into the con- top five. Controversial one here. They're all controversial. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going with a guy who hit one of the biggest shots on the biggest stage of the last 10 years, Kyrie Irving. Another player that wow. can just get to his spots. Now, I'm not a huge Kyrie guy, mm-hmm. but when you just talk about who can get to their spot and who can hit tough shots, Kyrie is a tough shot maker. And I'm sorry, Anthony, you get a boost when you hit the shot that he shot in the in the playoffs or in yeah. the in the finals. Yeah, no, you I get a boost. I, I would probably put him lower. For one thing, he's he's hurt right now. We Dude. haven't seen him in like 19 games or something. Like 14 games. He still uh, he still counts. <laughs> so so that would that would kind of lower him down my down my thing there. And I also I think this is a fair question to ask. Are we gonna see him in those big moments again? <laughs> it's a totally fair question. You know what? I, I don't know because I've always I've always been low on Kyrie Irving. I just haven't valued him as a player much. But the one thing I will say, he was such a great partner with LeBron James because LeBron James did everything. Yeah. And then when you need that tough creator in those moments to hit, to, to take over though, he, he that's what he did and and so he was such a perfect pair. Maybe with KD it'll be a little interesting, although I don't I, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of faith, but if you do get him into that moment, I just look, if I if if the Denver Nuggets are up against Brooklyn and Kyrie has the ball with the clock winding down, I don't feel very good. Yep. All right, who's your next guy? My next guy is the guy who led the NBA last year in game winners. Led the league in go-ahead buckets in the final 30 seconds of a game. A player that shot 56% from the field in clutch situations, 43% from the three-point line. And who this year has two game winners and is also shooting 43% from the three-point line and 56% from the field in clutch situations. Nikola Jokic. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anthony, if the guy has eight game winners over the last 100 games. Eight. <laughs> I'm taking it. And you know what's funny? I knew this would get this response from you, and I don't even care. 56% from the field, 43% from three. Two game winners this year, six last year. I'm sorry. All right. Taking him. No, the reason I'm laughing the way that I am is because I was going to ask you jokingly where Jokic is. <laughs> number four. He's number four. Oh, man. I mean – Look, when you present it statistically like that, it's hard for me to argue. Uh, and and look, he he, he has. You, you know what he also has this year? Two. Philadelphia. All right, so I lost you at. Um, you know what he also has this year. You know what he also has this year. Two 16-point fourth quarters when the Nuggets were down double digits entering the fourth in, in games that they ended up winning. No, I mean, I, Sneaky again, clutch. You're, you're, you're presenting these things that I, like, statistically I cannot argue with. My question, like, I just marvel at the fact that this guy, because, I look, you, you just talked about, Ky- to go from Kyrie to Jokic. <laughs> Is it's funny because you 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 mentioned Kyrie because of how elite he is at creating space and at and at creating these shots for himself. 
Yeah. And Jokic is just really good at making tough shots. Oh, all of his game winners are disgusting. They all look like accidents. Yes, and they that's might what be. I mean. That's why that's that's yeah. exactly what I mean. Is that like this guy just like stumbles into and banks like he he does the sign of the cross after he shoots it <laughs> and it works out. Like that's that's why I laugh as hard as I, I I did because for one thing I was it was the joke I was about to go for, and then two because his game winners all seem to be these you know, fart moments that the other team just has to raise their hands about and say, like, I I guess we just lost. That's how it goes. (laughs) Who's number three? (laughs) Uh, Number three on my list, Jimmy Butler. Wow. He's a clutch guy. I mean, he's just a clutch guy, man. And he's another one that liked Kawhi. So him and Kawhi, I think, similar in that they can just get to their spots, they elevate. Jimmy Butler has done done it a lot. I mean, he – he he's a guy that I think has taken over a ton of fourth. Uh, so he he goes on my list. I kind of feel like you have to be part psychopath to be on this list. Peak psychopath, man. He's, yeah. he's the number one psychopath on this list. Yeah. All right. Who's number uh, man? So I'm running out of spots. I all right. I'm I, there's going to be somebody left off this list, and I'm going to be shocked. Is going to be left off this list. Well, there's one that I forgot, and I'm already upset at myself. <laughs> I should have got somewhere around like seven. <laughs> um, number two on my list, Damian Lillard. Okay. If you have two walk-off game win seven, uh, game Jeez. winners in the playoffs, and then just the amount of time—I mean, there's a whole phrase, Dame time series ender for him. Series ending. Um, Lillard is just one of those guys. I do think he's a little overrated in the clutch department, and so maybe yeah. even I'm overrating him. But I'm sorry. I think there's only been four or five total walk-off game-winning shots, and he has two of them. The shot that he made against Paul George. Will will go down. I'm not even kidding. As one of the toughest shots I have ever seen. Yeah. To shoot it from 30 plus feet, and anybody who has ever played basketball will tell you if you're taking a step back jumper to your strong hand to turn your body completely around. And by the way, George defended it perfectly against one of the absolute yeah. best perimeter defenders who defended it perfectly and guessed right. George was in the air before Lillard even went up to take that shot. And yeah. Lillard still bottomed it and still ended their season. That was incredible. He and made, then told him goodbye. And then, yeah, and, then, and then waved him goodbye. And then took that <laughs> and then and then took that picture that will always be one of the best meme moments in the history of basketball. Yeah. Oh yeah. Beautiful photo. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> hey, do, you, do you agree with me though? I mean, if Damian Lillard has the ball against the Lakers with a few seconds left. I mean, it is a little bit harder for him to get a shot off just given his height. But I mean, if that shot is in the air and he got it off, even if it's from 30 feet, you're not breathing the entire time that ball is in the air. So one of my favorite moments in the history of this industry, uh, Harrison was in charge of the tweets for silver screen and roll. And the Lakers were up by like 12 points or so. And Harrison starts just ripping Dame absolutely demolishing him. <laughs> Dame time, what? You know, more like lame time. Like, just, oh, just... Oh, yeah, great jokes. Yeah, some good just stuff. going to town on Dame Willard. And then Lillard hits, like, th- four straight three-pointers to tie up and then winds up, I think, hitting, like, a step-back two-pointer that ends the game or whatever. Yeah. Goes on his own 15-0 run or something crazy like that. And, yeah, like, I just... To, to watch... Somebody make my boss look like such a moron. Yeah, I got I to gotta give him credit. You got to hand it to him. Number one, Former this boss, is a, by the another way. extremely controversial one. This is a guy that has rewritten the clutch narrative over the last back half of his career, but I'm going with LeBron. 
Man, I'm sorry. That, if LeBron so has the basketball at the end of a game, I just I don't know that he has weaknesses anymore. Regular season, I know, and again, this is coming off of a, a pretty bad, like a below average game for LeBron. So it's a weird timing. But I'm sorry if we get to a playoff series and he has the ball in his hands at the end. I, I, I that's an advantage, Lakers. Here's my here's my concern with this. I think Milwaukee walks away from this game, and the number one thing that they say to themselves is, you know what? We fear LeBron a lot less. Like Giannis, <laughs> they would be foolish to say that. Giannis, There's a lot Giannis of teams literally that walked off LeBron the court down doing the crown 18th. thing. Hey, hey Giannis, I love it. I love it. it. Great. He's thro- hey, the Celtics did the same thing. They they talked trash to him on the court. Yeah, but they he were bad. Like the, well. <laughs> that's like one of the most overrated teams in the history of basketball. But like Giannis is not that. And, well, and Giannis had know, one. He's a zero-time champion at the moment. So we talked. We talked earlier about Giannis's free throws. I feel all right with LeBron. Well, LeBron's, you're right. It is, LeBron's yeah. LeBron's free throws the last two seasons. I think he's shooting about sixty-two-ish percent from the Oof. free throw line, Oof. and and that makes me a little nervous from from you know from that perspective. Guy who is not on this list that I'm shocked is not on it. Is Luca? I know he belongs on it. It was an oversight. I tried very hard. I tried very. He, you know what? I'm throwing him ahead of. I'm throwing him ahead of Giannis. Okay, so he's so going to take this. So, so Paul thinking... George gets bumped off. Sorry, Paul. He didn't belong on there anyway. To be honest, we're keeping it 100. We're keeping it 100. You know what? I'm All putting right. him. At, I'm putting him ahead of Harden. I'm putting him ahead of Harden behind Kawhi. And you know, Doncic. Part of this is he's only been in the league for a year and a quarter. So like some of this is just we haven't had enough of those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I'm putting him on the list. He's a big game player. This was fun. This was a freaking blast. This was a lot of fun. I, I That's can't a great wait list. To, I can't. I can't wait to hear everybody yell at you about this. Statistically, Jokic should be number one if we're keeping it one hundred. Six yeah. game winners, Anthony. That's that's Six great. Of them. It's just that they're all horse shots. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nothing he does is pretty. Yeah? <laughs> that's fair. It's fair. Didn't even even run breathing. Pretty. He makes breathing <laughs> look so difficult. That's a good point. All right. <laughs> Tell us good. where we're wrong. I want to hear. I want to hear your. Uh, I want to hear your everybody's top five. Me too. Top five. It's not even like. It's really who. If you, the game's on the line, who who do you have the most confidence in in delivering? What do you think is a better way to ask that question? Do you think it's a more fun way to ask that question to ask do, who do you have most confidence with that person being on your team or who are you most nervous about when that guy has the ball against your team? I think the second. I think the I think second. So too. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people are going to have Jokic on there, but you know what? Philadelphia fans didn't. Minnesota fans <laughs> didn't. Dallas fans didn't last year. Miami fans didn't last year, but guess what? They all well, got got. Well, Port- Portland probably feels pretty good about it. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. That, that'll do it for this episode and this week's episode of the Locked On Lakers or Locked On NBA podcast. Uh, it was Locked On Lakers at the beginning of the show, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, but that'll, that'll do it, though. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. We are nearing Christmas, which is the unofficial start time of the NBA season. It has been a blast to get to this point, and it's going to continue to get even better. So make sure you guys are tuned in to all of our shows across the entire league. Uh, The NFL is getting ready for the playoffs. My Vikings just lost their running back because that's what Vikings do right before the playoffs every single year. Uh, But make sure you guys tune in 
to all of the shows across the entire network. We've had a great year to this point. Let's keep that thing rolling in 2020. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you next Friday.